0: All right, thank you, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. The president stood satisfied as a rallying cry of send her back echoed through a North Carolina stadium tonight. I hope you hear it and make no mistake, this president wants to divide. That is his plan to win. We have two House members here from different Democratic wings. What do they think they're up against, and do they have a winning strategy? Let's test it. And... It better not be that people won't buy this president's talk. You hear what happened last night when I asked a Trumper and U.S. Senate candidate if he would support this president, even if Trump admitted he was a racist. You know what I got? The silence heard round the world. Period. Would you still support him as really? president? Um. You have to know. think that would about it. Really you question. have to if think he said, about if he said, whether he said, or not you would support said, a racist. And then he said, depends who he was running against. <sighs> Look, America, it is time to decide what we are about. What do you say? Let's get after it. The president is all in on us versus them, and the crowd in North Carolina loves it.
1: So, Representative Omar blamed the United States for the terrorist attacks on our country.
0: Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. Odd that the president wasn't saying, wait, no, I didn't mean that. I meant, you know, to your home district. That's what I meant. Send her back, they were chanting. His message is clear. That's the echo he desires. Let's bring in Congressman Cedric Richmond, Democrat from Louisiana, co-chair of the Biden campaign. Good to have you back, sir. Thank you for taking the opportunity. I want to talk health care. But the reason this president says, yeah, I got a plan for health care. I'll give it to you after the election, Cedric, is because... He ain't going to campaign on health care. He's going to campaign that there's something wrong with the way you look. And people like you are a little bit of a danger. And we're a little bit better off when you guys stay where you were before you were here. That's
1: his campaign. He is confident. How do you counter? Well, Chris, I think there's a there's a book called Stranger in Their Own Land, which adequately portrays what Trump does. And that is he will convince people to vote against their own self-interest by convincing them that the reason why they don't like their status in life is that minorities are skipping the line to take benefits that they should have and that government is picking winners and losers and the government are picking black people and brown people and women uh, over them simply because of their minority status. And I think you have to call it, call them on it. We can't sit here and pretend that people don't fall for it. I see people in Louisiana. I see people in Mississippi and Georgia vote against their self-interest all the time because of their emotions and the fact that the Republican leadership has chose to campaign by division and blaming others if you're not happy where you are. Because it can work.
0: It can work, though, Cedric. And here's the trick. We all know the aphorism that darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. But there's a trick to it. You have to craft a message that is equally compelling in the context of your time. The fear and disaffection is real. This president didn't create it. I'm not saying that the majority of our country is racist, but there is huge populations that are scared. And he's playing to that. He's a demagogue. How do you counter? Because right now, I know it's kind of early, but you guys are like fighting about whether or not Biden's a racist and whether or not this policy program for health care is extreme enough for this one. That does not sound like the
1: stuff of victory to me. Well, that's why you see our campaign. We're fighting for the soul of the country. And I think you hear the vice president say that all the time. Now, the difference between the Democrats, some of the differences are real. But you heard uh, Vice President Biden say at his announcement that uh, his number one plan for climate change was to beat Donald Trump. Our number one plan to improve this country is to beat Donald Trump, but it's how Cedric.
0: That's the trick. That's why I wanted to play for you what you're up against, because you guys in your party have to figure out how to come together and what that will mean. And I know it usually happens,
1: but I don't know that it happens. Well, you do it two ways. You do it two ways, Chris. One is you call him on the BS, okay, and you do it very directly, and then you talk about what he's. The heart of what he's trying to get at is everybody's economic status in the country. We have to show people that you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle so yours can shine brighter. Mm. So that means everybody can prosper economically if you show people that plan and I think the vice president has a good plan for that. We can't put pit rural against urban, black against white, immigrant against citizen. But that is happening in your party
0: but, a little bit. You have well, this division and I just want to show you what you're up against, okay? okay. Imagine Because right now, you know, who knows how the primary goes? The VP is up. uh, The former VP is up. But there are real divisions in your party. The people who are behind him are nothing like him. Look at what the president has in his stable of supporters. What would you do if the president said, I am a racist? That's why I said it. What would you do? Uh, Then I would would not defend him because there's no excuse for racism in America. Would would you still support him as president?
2: Um, you have I don't to think that about would be it. A really tough you question. have to if think he said, about he said, he whether said it, or not you would he support it, a
0: racist? Really? I'd have to know who was running against him. <laughs> a racist? On. You're running for Senate? Uh, it, it, and you've got to take a, a pause whether or he's, not, if he said he was a racist, you'd still support him? Come on, brother. Now, that is a level of buy in that is not easy to come across, and you certainly don't have it in your party right now. How do you combat? That kind of devotion
1: in a sitting president, how do you hope to beat that? Well, I don't think those people are going to change, Chris. And my grandmother used to tell me, never argue with a fool because from a distance you can't tell which is which. And so I think we have to go and let people know that we're really fighting for the soul of the country. And I believe that there are more people in this country that want to see the country united and prosper than those that want to see the hate and division. But you can't assume it's going to happen. You have to go and articulate it you have to go fight for it. And I believe you have to call this president on his BS, which Vice President Biden has done from his announcement video. You can video call him on it. You just have to day. be
0: better than it. And then you have the policy piece also. Sure. Let me ask you one question about that. Sure. Uh, the VP's out on the hustings and he says, you go with a plan like Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Medicare is gone. All the Medicare you have is gone.
1: Uh, that's not true. Why is he saying that? Well, I think what he's really saying is that if you look at Bernie Sanders plan, which is <clears throat> a real plan. But what it would do is it would eliminate private insurance It, would, and it wouldn't it would,
0: eliminate Medicare, though. It would actually
1: increase coverage. Well, but it raises taxes on everybody it in does. the country. That's in about order cost, to pay for it. not coverage. So uh, our plan. And by the way, that plan doesn't come to fruition for four years after you pass it. Mm-hmm. And what happens in that four years? Nobody talks about that. And I think the vice president's plan is a real plan to get to uh, universal coverage, 97 percent, almost from day one. For those people who like their private insurance, they get to keep it. Uh, It it makes sure that Medicare, Medicaid is sound and then offers a public option, by the way, which would be premium free for all those people trapped in states where governors won't expand uh, Medicaid. Right. So, look, I think it's a very real uh, plan. I think it's a good plan. And I think the American people will see it for what it is and understand that uh, you can't get economic dignity if you can't get affordable health care.
0: 100%. And the issue is certainly going to be cost and cost containment. I'm just checking you in real time, because if you want to be better than who's there now, one of the things is you got to play straight uh, because we're not dealing with somebody who respects the facts all that often. So I'm glad uh, to have you on the show to test the same. Congressman Cedric Richmond, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right. Now, listen, just like you, I love my country, but you got to be honest. She has weaknesses when it comes to racism. Are there enough harboring those types of fears that can give purchase to that kind of message to allow this president back into the White House? The Wizard of Odds can give us a better sense of the stakes. Next. So this president says a lot of people agree with his calls to go back where you came from to the minority lawmakers. Now he may be right, but how many? More importantly, are there enough that support it to overcome all those who should condemn it? Let's ask Harry Enten, the Wizard of Odds. What do you see in the numbers? Yeah. So you know, I think what we have to recognize about this
3: is that the president is very unpopular, and what he's going to try and do is recreate the 2016 playbook. And if you remember that year. Both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are very unpopular. Where Donald Trump won was among those who had an unfavorable view of both of them. That was 18% of the electorate. And among those 18%, he won 47% to Clinton's 30%, was able to win them by 17 points. And what he's essentially trying to do this time is connect, say, Omar, Tlaib, Ocasio-Cortez to the Democratic candidate, bring them down because he knows he can't win if this is a referendum on him. Why did he win both unfavorable? Because simply put, he was the lesser of two evils. He was, they, these were voters who didn't like either one, but they just didn't like Hillary Clinton a little bit more.
0: All right, so he won 2016, not because of how many, because he lost the popular vote by a lot, but it was about where. So what do you see geographically? So I think this is so important, right? It was that Midwestern wall, right, where
3: Trump really broke through. And if we look at nationwide, his net approval rating, that's approval rating minus disapproval rating, right now is my Minus nine percentage points, according to the 2018 exit polls. But look at the states of Iowa and Wisconsin. These are two states that Trump needs to win. And look, he's not popular there, but he's much more popular than he is nationally, right? A minus four percent net approval. He's less unpopular. He's less unpopular. That's a beautiful way of putting it. You have a way with words. Minus four percentage points in Iowa. Minus four percentage points in Wisconsin. So he's actually closer To the center there, he's closer to break even than he is nationally. And so he's just trying to say, "Okay, I'm a little closer there. I make the Democratic candidate a little bit more unpopular. And that's my secret to success.
0: Give me more, more
3: regional information. So so I think that this is... So my buddy Nate Cohn over at The Times, we have these nerdum meetings, and he basically cracked these numbers. And it was so interesting to me. And he essentially said, "Okay, who are the voters who turned out in 2018 and who are the registered voters who didn't turn out in 2018? And what we essentially see is that among those who voted in 2018, white non-college graduates made up only 48 percent of the electorate in the key northern swing states. That's Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, so on, and so forth. They only made up 48 percent whites without a college degree. Whites without a college degree, among registered voters who didn't vote, they were 68 percent of so them. So there's a
0: lot of money
3: left on the table. That's exactly right. And we know that racial resentment plays best with whites without a college degree. That's a Brian Schaffner study that was done after the 2016, midterm elect, uh, 2016 presidential election. So he's trying to drive up that percentage of the electorate, trying to get those people who didn't turn out in
0: 2018 to vote in, in 2020. Any insight into what would work with these people ...as a positive opposite to just going at them with their fears and hate. So what I would say, Christopher, what could work with them pretty well
3: is a number of things. Number one, you need a candidate who can connect with them. Hillary Clinton simply put, they thought that she was someone who wasn't necessarily in their camp. They thought that she was someone from the cities, the urban areas, someone who looked down upon them. So you need a candidate who can connect with them. Another point that I would bring up, health care. That's something that we saw used overwhelmingly in the 2018 midterm elections. We saw that a lot of Democratic candidates ran on health care, and they were able to connect with these voters who were very worried that their health care was going to be taken away from them. And that's what we saw in the
0: Midwest. We saw the Democrats doing well. It's a in metaphor Michigan. issue because literally it's fundamental security. That's exactly and it's right. whether or not you will fight for me. It plays on that level better than just about any other issue other than pocketbook issues. And there's a relativism on pocketbook that is not there with health care. Everybody has their biggest vig after their mortgage. Is their health care? Democrats are trusted on health
3: care pretty much more than any other major issue. And that's where I would suggest that Democrats put their money right now. I want to point out one other thing, Chris, and that is, you know, racial resentment can work in the Midwest, but one place where it may not work is in the Sunbelt swing states, right? This is Arizona. This is Florida, Georgia, so on, and so forth. And what do we see here? Well, if you look at the voters who turned out in 2018, we see that non-whites only made up 36 percent of the electorate in these Sunbelt states. But the registered voters who didn't vote in 2018, 46 percent of them Non-white. So even if he's able to drive up that white working class vote in the Midwest, there could, in fact, be a ricochet effect in these sunbelt states where these non-white voters, Hispanics and African-Americans, may turn out larger numbers to vote against.
0: Them. I love the help in focusing where we should look. Wiz, thank you very much. Harry no, Anton, brother. ladies and gentlemen. All right. The president again tonight, vilified members of Congress whom he says hate America. His crowd chanted an affirmation. Send her back. They should go back. What is the Democrat counter ripe for a great debate with these two next? What is clear is that the president has shown his hand. What is unclear is whether or not it will be a winning hand. Now, the rally in North Carolina certainly thought so. They said, send her back in a big unified chant as this president sat satisfied. The question is, is this what Republicans should be running on in 2020? And we'll have a Republican and a Democrat. And do the Democrats have a good counter? That's the start of tonight's great debate. Jennifer Granholm, Kaylee McEnany. Good to have you both. Kaylee. I know we have a little bit of a satellite uh, delay where you are. So thank you for playing along. I don't know if you heard, but last night we had the silence heard round the world. I want to play what Chris Kobach, who was the head of the president's uh, election fraud commission, almost the immigration czar, wants to be the U.S. Senator uh, from Kansas. Here's what he said last night on this show. What would you do if the president said, "I am a racist"? That's why I said it. What would you do? Uh, then I would then I would not defend him because there's no really? excuse for racism in America. Would, you, would you still support him as really? president? Um, you have I don't to think that about it. Really you have question. to if think said, about said, whether, said, whether said, or not you would support said, a racist. Really? I've decided to call this the Kobach test instead of the litmus test. Uh, Kaylee. if the president said the reason I'm saying these things is because I'm a racist. I know he hasn't said that. I know he doesn't believe that. Hypothetically, if he said that, would it change your support for him?
4: Look, Chris, this is absurd for you to even ask that question. Count. I understand the Democrats and the left have been trying to paint the president as a racist since June of 2015, when he first came down the escalator. Why isn't but your he's answer? Not a racist. No, it's a ridiculous Assertion. Why isn't because your answer no? I don't support racism where, because I won't. I I won't. I won't allow you atta- to attach a label to the president, even hypothetically, that is patently false and untrue. This How is, is it patently false? When Jackson what he just said for was he did patently for racist.
0: What work he did for minority communities? The Chris, first step program that his son-in-law nothing, jammed down his throat. That's what you're talking about. Come on. The guy did the Central Park five. He did birtherism and he just told four brown lawmakers to go back where you come from. And you're going to say it's an unfair label, Kaylee. The facts are not your friend.
4: Of course I'm going to say that. Oh, the facts are absolutely, my friend. We can go long back to when he opened Mar-a-Lago to black Americans. It was the first club in Palm Beach Open that was allowed black to have black, black Americans. Americans the Jewish only thing Americans. he's been opening
0: his doors to there is illegal Ju- workers. That's what he's been opening his doors to.
4: Jewish Jewish Americans Jewish Americans were allowed into Mar-a-Lago because of President Trump. President Trump has consistently been praised by Jesse Jackson uh, for being what? a friend to the black community. Listen. So it's ridiculous. Yes he has and it only changed by the way yeah. when you at CNN and others started calling him a racist that is false it is untrue. So not when he President said that President Trump's Obama wasn't born in this country that. that had
0: nothing to do with it not when he said good people no. on both sides that had of nothing to do with not. it not when he told brown lawmakers to go back where they come from that had nothing to do with it right Again All right listen those are the taking facts him out let's, of bring context. In, let's bring it one in by one, out by of context. one Here's your problem Jennifer The facts are clear. Kaylee's good at arguing them. I like having her on the show. She's a benefit to the campaign. Your problem is that calling out the facts isn't going to be enough. That's the Kobach test. The Kobach test is even if this president said he was a racist, he might still support him if the alternative was you. So how do you counter that and win? Uh,
5: Well, I think, first of all, the strategy of trying to paint the Democrats as these four women, which clearly he's trying to do or call all Democrats, socialists or any of that nonsense. Right. Well, I don't know. It's effective with his base. But he can't win with just his base if his base is defined by those who came out in 2018. You just had Harry on, the, what did the you, wizard what did of you, odds. The wizard of odds, yes. And the fact is, he's got to expand from where he was in 2018 if he's going to win. He's got to hold everything he had in 2016. It's not going to work if, if this is the strategy. If racism is his strategy, If calling out people's fears is his strategy, that's not going to work among suburban women, among people of color, among those who came out in 2018, white people who are uncomfortable with a president who causes people to divide. As Harry called
0: out, though, Jennifer, you had 68 percent of white non-college voters didn't come out. In 2018. And these are people who have real fear, real economic insecurity. Absolutely. They have real disaffection. Uh, They feel abandoned by parties in general, and they appreciate this president as a disruptor of the norm. How do you get them?
5: Some of them do. Some of them are uncomfortable with being brushed as associating with a president who is clearly dividing America. What is what is this country? It is un-American to call out these women and say, send them back. It is, what that's, is this country if absurd. it is not? You know what's un-American? It, you know oh, oh, oh. un-
4: Jennifer.
5: It's un-American because here, they you know are un- American. Is they are un- Americans. What Haley, is un- it's un-American un- to say, un- send them Ill- back. Oh, come on. What is this country? Is your ancestors came from All right, from let her answer, point? Jennifer. Let her American answer. American exceptionalism I- is people coming from other places to make this country
0: special. All right. That is will the you? birth of this country. Let her country. answer. Kaylee. go ahead. What's your response?
4: Jennifer, since I had to be asked this absurd hypothetical at the start of this, will you condemn Ilhan Omar for not condemning al-Qaeda? She has not praised no? al-Qaeda? Apparently not. No, she won't At least rally. she answered your I question. You wouldn't even answer my question, Kayleigh. You have no high ground.
0: Continue. Wait, who are you asking?
4: She no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying continue al-Qaida. the banter. She won't condemn al-Qaeda, but yet she criticizes the country.
5: I, I have no idea what she has said or not said about Al-Qaeda, but I do know she is an American citizen and she ser- she has a representative district and she is sent to Washington to serve her district. That woman is an American and you can't and say send her home. She says, we, she says home. we are you responsible are for 9-11. All right, wait, wait, she wait. She says America is responsible think, for 9-11. Kayleigh, and do that you think she should be be sent that, home? And she won't you you condemn she Al-Qaeda. That is you think to Somalia? Do you think, think she should be sent back to here's Somalia?
4: Answer my question. Jennifer, oh, I'll answer it, all right. If you hate this country so much, she doesn't by hate all it. means, she serves this make, country. Me, let me finish. By all means, hey, by all means, leave it and allow an, an immigrant who's she dying does to be here and take advantage country. of the American dream. Why Make do you say room for she someone who this loves country. this country she and wants to be here. Country. Why do I say all she hates this country? All of those women
5: love because this country. They are serving this country. They were elected to serve America. It's very simple. They are American you, you, citizens. How dare you? We are responsible How dare for 9-11. That's hate for this country. We are responsible American for terrorism. That's hate for this country. I, I am just, it is. Um, I said make this room for, someone who, make room for someone who wants to be is such an un American argument to say that you can't criticize your nation. What is the First Amendment <laughs> about? You. You. Can't, this is what you makes know what's us exceptional. Is your fellow
4: Democrats not condemning Al Qaeda along with Ilhan they Omar. They are condemning Al Qaeda. Condemn that is so and you ridiculous. Honestly, Chris, this
5: is nope. such an Crickets. utterly ridiculous hey, listen, argument.
0: I got a newsflash for both of you. <laughs> this is what this election is going to be about. When the president said. Yeah, we got a plan for health care, but I'm going to give it to you after the election. He was telling you the truth. The reason he's not going to fight you on health care, he'll fight you with what happened that the ACA stinks. He's going to make it better. This is the battleground of this election. What is this country about? What does it accept, and what does it reject? I'm testing both of you on that level because that is the road to And nine percent approve bill on, on Omar. So. Well, Well, look, I mean, in an unpopularity contest, this president's going to have his hands full. It will be a battle of attrition. I don't know that that's good for the country, but we will see what happens going forward. Um, But just to be very clear, I asked you that question because it should have been easy for you, Kaylee. It should have been an easy no. If he admitted he was a racist, I would never support him. I didn't tell you he was. I said if he said it. the fact that you can't handle the the question... that's on the you, not on not me. He's not
4: a racist. I didn't say I, he was. I, won't allow I you said to if he exactly said he was, it should have been a
0: layup. Case. If you ask me, would I be friends with Kaylee? Would I have her on the show if she was an admitted or, racist? The answer is no. Jennifer, Kaylee, I got to go. He's not a
4: racist. I'm I not playing racist. I didn't say he was. The
0: media. I'm saying that you got to own the reality, and the fact that you run away from it speaks volumes. But you're welcome to make the case because the reality. audience deserves it. I got to jump. My next right. guest says the president's attacks are deeply personal for her. Who is she? the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. She's a naturalized citizen from India. So if she says something and not like does she have to go back too? We're going to be in Congresswoman Jayapal. She heard that debate. She knows that it's the real narrative in this country. What is the winning counter? Next. Look, I'm not saying I like it, but this show is not about shading or certainly hiding reality from you. Times have changed. You remember back in 2008 when that woman at the John McCain presidential campaign took a shot at Barack Obama's ethnicity and questioned his citizenship and McCain's response here?
5: I can't trust Obama. I I, I have read about him and he's not. He's not. He's a um, he's an Arab. He is not. No, no, no,
3: no, no man. No, man. He's a. He's a he's a decent family man, citizen that
0: I just happen to have disagreements with. Now, this president may say that he doesn't like John McCain, but he has never equaled him in that moment. That woman is a Trumper. He is stoking those feelings right now, and he's doing it to advantage. And he is right to say there are a lot of people who will agree with what he's doing. The question is. How do you counter and win? Let's bring in Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal. Welcome back to primetime. I want to talk to you about what your party's doing with health care. I think it's a metaphor issue that could transcend. Uh, You guys got to get straight on it, though, and we'll talk about that in a second. This is your bigger challenge. The reason this president says, I'll tell you my health care plan after the 2020 election is because he plans on spending this part saying people like you, Pramila, are a threat. You are this new that is not necessarily better And a great again means going back to when people like you are not around as much. I mean, that's got to be the message.
6: That is definitely his message. And I will tell you that it is absolutely outrageous. And um, it is deeply personal. I mean, I was born in India. I've been a naturalized citizen. I am a naturalized citizen. I've been in this country since I was 16 years old. This is my country, and I am so proud of it. And what I said on the floor yesterday, Chris, is that, you know, we're talking about patriotism, and people are saying, well, you either love it or you leave it. To me, patriotism and love of country means that you actually critique it to make it as good as you can be. You put yourself into service. You work to make it even better than it is today. And you do that with tremendous love, but also with truth. And this president has nothing but lies, and it is hurtful. I mean, look, I'm fine, but I will tell you, I got a lot of calls yesterday from people across this country who are naturalized citizens who were absolutely outraged, felt dislocated from this country, felt like, what has happened here? This is my country. I'm proud of it. And I'm being told to go home, not by the guy on the street who's driving by in a car, which believe me, for us black and brown folks, that's been happening for a long time. But this time from the White House, Mm -hmm. from a guy who deliberately put out racist tweets. So look, we got to call it out. We have to. We have to call it out. We cannot become inured to what he is doing. True, And then we got to talk about the policy issues because we have passed multiple pieces of Incredible legislation here in the House of Representatives to bring back um, wages, to put wages into the pockets of people. That's what we're going to do tomorrow with a $15 minimum wage. We have passed gender pay equity. We've passed the Dream Act. We have shown the kind of legislation we can pass when we take back the Senate, when we keep the House,
0: when we take back the White House. But Pramila, the congresswoman, excuse me, uh, the the politics, the heart of it is persuasion, and. Policy is there, but it's a second and third note. Remember how my pop used to say, you campaign in poetry, you govern in prose. I'm not saying policy doesn't matter. Certainly on this show, we talk about it all the time. Um, But this is powerful stuff this president is playing with, and he knows it is. That's why he's using it. And he's he's getting unusual buy-in from people who should know better. Listen to this congressman. Listen to Congressman Kelly and the case he made in the president's defense. I'm just watching all this anymore. I, I think we're going way beyond the pale right now. You know, if they talk about people of color, I'm a first of color. Which one is this? What, it? Tell me anybody in the United States. I'm white. I'm, I'm a white. I'm an Anglo-Saxon. But I'm not. People say things all the time. But I'm getting offended. Now, look, there's an absurdity and a sophistry to that. Yes, yes. But it is compelling to 70 plus percent of this country, there is a slice of that white America that feels disaffected, boxed out, uh, that multiculturalism is their enemy. And whether it's true or not, this president is playing to those fears. You'll never get to health care if you don't persuade on that point first.
6: It's true. But I'll tell you something, Chris. I actually don't think he's playing to 70 percent of the country. Mm. I think he's playing to the same 30% that is always going to be with him, no matter what he says.
0: Agreed. I'm not saying 70% of the country believes that. I'm saying that's the field he's playing on. He's picking from the biggest part of the country.
6: But my point is, I think he is actually going to do damage to the other part of that 70% that does not agree with him. Because I will tell you, I've had a lot of my white friends, you know, say, listen, we remember our ancestors. We, We remember the generation before us, the generation before that. Some of us came over here as well. I mean, people do, the thing the president has always gotten wrong is that immigration is a funny issue. It's not a, a black and white issue, and no pun intended there. But it is a it is an interesting issue. Almost everybody that has run, um, particularly in these in these you know state elections, but even if you look at twenty eighteen. All of the president's racism, I think, backfired on him. Donald Trump may not have been on the ballot in 2018, his name, but he certainly was on the ballot. And what was on the ballot was not, I mean, sure, it was about health care, absolutely. But it was also about the kind of person that occupies the White House and needing to have a check to that. So I really do believe that the majority of Americans, white, black, and brown, believe that immigration is good for this country, and that telling people to go back to where they belong, to their own country, is racist. It doesn't matter what the Republicans say. And maybe one of the things I'm most disappointed about with my colleagues is, I had colleagues on the floor yesterday tell me that they told their children that they should never say a thing like that and that it was racist. And these are friends of mine. I said to them directly, are you going to speak out against the president? And they said, First they said yes, but they did not do no, it. I, I looked, yeah, and they did do not it. do it, they're, and they didn't vote for it. Not and that do it. What, it's, wor-
0: it's working too well for him and their party, and they're afraid of getting primary and thrown out. Congresswoman, listen, you got to forgive me tonight. Um, I talk policy all the time here. I will have you back. We'll talk more about health care. Oh,
6: I, you did it to me again. You know, I got a great case to make on Medicare for All and I've got to make it on your show and now you're going to have to give me 10 minutes done. of time next time on done. The Medicare for All You will be piece. the
0: lead guest and we will talk about Medicare for All and the nuances within your own party because I think Alright, but soon, Chris. We've got to do it soon because done. there's a
6: lot of misinformation out there. Done. And the, the questions that are being asked by these folks at the debates are not the right questions. Nobody should be asking, are you going to eliminate private insurance? Because that's not even what our plan does. Cedric Rick, who's a good friend of mine was on your show just now right. and, and he said that there's a four they're gonna year they're going to get rid of private in, insurance and that the yes. four years
0: you don't know what's going to happen
6: and actually my plan does not have four years it has two years so let's know what we're talking about let's done. talk about the facts and let's get it done
0: done I covered on the show you're an important piece uh, on that issue and I want to have you here but I couldn't ignore this this is a definitional premise this the, is what this election is going to be about but yes I will have you back it is on me and I'm sorry
6: all, all right, right. Congresswoman, all right thanks thank Chris
0: Look, you got to make choices. I care about healthcare. We study it here like you wouldn't believe, but this is a big deal. All right, Ron Burgundy, uh, speaking of big deals, that escalated quickly. You remember that line in the movie? The hottest social media app right now may be turning into one of the scariest. Let's bring in D Lemon. Have you heard of FaceApp? You see all this stuff on social media? You know the truth behind it? You will in a second. FaceApp, FaceApp, it's all over the place. Now, right now it is. Now, it's been around for two years, but it's seen this viral resurgence. Celebrities are all showcasing how they might look when older. You've seen this. It's really spreading fast. But this new attention is turning into new alarm. Privacy experts are raising concerns about the app's terms of service. You know, the stuff you never read. Why? You know what they allow? the company, to use your photos as it sees fit. So when you go in there to take the photo and it says, can we access your camera, say no. Senator uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer from New York is now calling for the FBI and FTC uh, to investigate FaceApp. The DNC today warned the 2020 campaigns against using it because it was made by Russian developers. D. Lemon, you and I have been seeing these pictures. I wanted to play with it tonight, but we can't play with it because it may be dangerous. I did not do it. People have been sending them pictures of me and I'm like, oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. You
2: know, all this. I used to run out, buy the newest iPad, the newest iPhone. Every time somebody got like a new app, I would do it. Now I'm just like, yeah, I'm so glad I waited on this one. But do they, are they using that app on your face right now?
0: Oh, oh, that
2: his, oh, look,
0: don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back. I'll tell you what, though, it just shows if this is true, by the way, yeah. let me just inject a little bit of uh, skepticism. Just because it's a Russian company doesn't have to mean that it is an appendage. Taking of no Russian, chances. Russian intelligence. i um, taking no Sch- chance. Schumer believes it's worth looking at the DNC. Obviously, they're going to be a little paranoid about this stuff. But if there is something there. Man, this is some sneaky stuff, this Russian interference. And we are so behind the ball on it. Listen, I'm I'm half joking when I say
2: taking no chances. I don't think you should take a chance with any of this. You saw how much money. Access
0: your photos? No way. Don't allow any app to have access to your photos.
2: Well, it was what, um, was it Facebook that just paid out $5 billion? Mm -hmm. Someone paid out $5 billion for, yeah, I can't, this week, I can't do it. I I can't do it. And I think that everyone should be careful about it. To tell you the truth, most social media now, I don't really go on it. It's so toxic. I go on just a couple things, and I don't use all those apps. So there you go. That's just me. You do what what you you want. No,
0: I'm not doing that. What do you got coming up tonight?
2: uh, I'm going to take pictures of my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that's all I'm going to put on uh, Facebook and Twitter. What is
0: on the show tonight?
2: (laughs) Serious stuff. Honestly, serious stuff. Someone who has been there and can tell us what a dangerous place we're in with all of this rhetoric, especially against the four congresswomen. Mr. Dan Rather, the great Dan Rather joins us in just moments here on CNN to tell us where he thinks all this is going.
0: Strong choice. I'll be back at the top of the hour. I'll see you in a second. See you. All right. Now, I was surprised last night, to be honest. I did not expect a Senate candidate to be speechless and have to think about it when I asked him if he would support a known and admitted racist. I know it's hypothetical. So what? That should make it that much easier to answer. Kaylee struggled again tonight. Why? Because they know it hits too close to home. But here's something else that needs to hit home. The argument tonight is about what is really going on here, what the stakes are and what the challenge is for both sides. Next. Now you know what this election is going to be about if this president has anything to say about it. Forget the spin from the righties seeking cover. Here is what Trump said. So interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which They came. His message was not going back to their district or hometown. He said country and he explained his implication. He knew only one of the lawmakers was a naturalized citizen from somewhere else, but he lumped them together on purpose because he is a demagogue and he is selling noisy brown women making trouble and trying to change what this place is about. Go back. And his base Heard the us versus them play as he intended it. And too many on the right accept it no matter how low he goes. And here is the proof. You hear the rallying cry. Send her back. Notice the president who says he didn't mean that didn't correct them. So forget about This dispute over what he meant. The proof here now is the silence that will tell you everything. A Trump loyalist who wants to be a U.S. senator who ran a federal commission for this president and was almost his immigration czar. Chris Kobach. This is the Kobach test. Watch. What would you do if the president said, I am a racist? That's why I said it. What would you do? Uh, then, I would, then I would not defend him because there's really? no excuse for racism in America. Would, would you still support him really? as president? Um, you have to know. think that about would be a really it? That You have to think about whether or not you would support said, a racist? Really? I'd have to know who was running against him. <laughs> a racist? On. Maddening, of course. But get the message. Kobach isn't unique. He's an echo this president is counting on. That's why he said today that he thinks he wins if he says racist things, stoke fear of others and get no blowback and probably buy in from the party. Representative Mike Kelly, Republican congressman, what did he say? I'm a person of color. I'm white. I'm an Anglo-Saxon, but I'm not. People say things all the time. I don't get offended. You don't get offended because you are an empowered white man and you know that you are in a position of privilege. This is the willful ignorance that Trump is counting on, the complicity that he is counting on. And he told you exactly that today.
1: If people want to leave our country, they can. If they don't want to love our country, if they don't want to fight for our country, they can. Uh, I'll never change
0: on that. I do think I'm winning the political fight. I think I'm winning it by a lot. I'm not relishing the fight. I'm enjoying it because I I have to get the word out to the American people. First, he was asked to fight for this country and declined. Second, relish and enjoy mean the same thing. Third, the right often tells you racism isn't a real problem in this country. But Trump is right. A lot of people agree with him that these types of people should go. Why? Because racism is a problem. We have struggled mightily to make this experiment in democracy and diversity work. Unity is fragile. Hate comes too easy to too many. And fomenting that hate should be the farthest thing from a real president's mind. But not this one. Now, while his policies reflect mostly traditional GOP moves, cut taxes for the wealthy, go easy on business, his politics are the ugly stylings of a demagogue. And we're seeing it all over Europe. We had just hoped... It wouldn't infect us here, but it has. He says he has to get the word out. Be clear what his word is. Trump says he wants to make America great again. But what he means is make America hate again. Any Republican that hides from this reality or sells it as something else is complicit. This is not right versus left. It is right versus wrong. Do the Democrats get that? Their struggles with half measures on oversight, playing at policy extremes, those things don't give a clear signal that they do. Be clear, all of you, my brothers and sisters, this is a battle for the soul of the country. Now, I offer this without hype or hyperbole or cynicism. I believe America has never succeeded when she was split. Our biggest developments were also products of our diversity. But we now have a president who thinks the way forward is to go back. Make America great again is inherently regressive. That's a fact of his own messaging. But here's the deal. This president only decides what he offers. You decide what to accept. Thank you for watching CNN Tonight with